Welcome to The Third Space. I'm Kevin Weir. And I'm Jeremy Berkeley. And it's green and beautiful out here for our favorite time of the year. Spooktober. It's a time for candy, a time for family, and a time for scary things. So break out your pastel paints because we're going to paint some faces. And then hide them so that the kids can find all the exciting skeletons. Shake off those winter blues and have yourself a joyous spooktober. Good scary day. My friend. A good scary day to you. A good scary day to everyone. A good scary day to all, and to all a good night. Ah, the most terrifying time of the year. <laughs> it is the first week. I mean, second within the week. first week. I, I, I guess this comes down to the second week. Yeah. We're, we're recording this on October 7th, I guess. Yeah. The scariest time of the year. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, sometimes you just have a month that just has the theme that's so obvious <laughs> that you can't help but only do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How, how's the month been treating you so far, Kevin? Oh. <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, let's do enough these, and people always have exciting things going on, and I've, I, I, I don't, man. That this, this is my honest, <laughs> this is my honest thing telling to the to the audience out there. Sometimes weeks go by and nothing happens. <laughs> I think everyone out there gets a bad idea when they listen to all these podcasts and these like influencers online. They're always constantly doing things, having exciting stories to tell. It's fine if nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yep. Totally fine. Totally fine. That's that's my rant for the beginning of this episode. Cool. How about you? Did you do anything? Uh, I've been playing some Ghost of Tsushima. Okay, fine. So you have been doing something. <laughs> I mean, it's just a video game. Ugh. <laughs> did I not make it clear? I did nothing. Well, you just sat there and bre- like breathed? You didn't oh. eat any food? My breathing was my food. Oh, okay. I see you're an Eritarian. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Actually, what I do is I breathe through my teeth and I just suck all the krill in the air. Mm, okay, uh, gotcha. I'm a whale. I'm a land whale. <laughs> you're a, <laughs> like in Tremors. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like in like a Tremors. Too long. <laughs> Dirt Dragon. Yeah. 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 I know too much about those films. Yeah, uh, and most most people do. Uh, uh, most people know too much about the first film. I know about all <laughs> of them. Well, you shouldn't have taken that Tremors course if you didn't want to know all that stuff, Kevin. <laughs> I needed a film credit. <laughs> and, it, and it was either that or I would have to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey again. <laughs> yeah. We've followed already by, talked about fo- that on Followed by, uh, what's that movie that we hate? Oh, uh, Solaria? Yeah, Solaris. Yeah. Solaris. I don't know, man. I'd be more chill with Solaris than that kaleidoscope (laughs) scene again. Ah, man. Talking ill about 2001 always gets all the uh, 
the film kids all riled up. And here's the secret. I'm also a film kid, so shut up. <laughs> I, have a deg- I have a degree in film studies. I paid a tuition. Yeah, it's uh, just, with having a degree in film studies means I can shit on 2001. <laughs> they say that in the brochure. It's right. It's right. It says uh, Bachelor of the Fine Arts uh, in Film, Kevin Weir. This hereby gives him the right to shit on 2001. <laughs> it's, it, says, it says that you, you, you get this degree, you won't get a job, but you will get to just dunk on popular films. <laughs> It's my. It is my legal right. I mean, and, ob- honestly, it's better than a lot of what other gre- degrees and, give you. And I do not have a bachelor of fine arts. I have a bachelor of film studies. Well, I'm sorry. It is so specific. If I had a bachelor of fine arts, then I might be able to do other things. They'd be like, <laughs> "Ooh, fine arts." I'm like, "Yeah, the finest of them." No, no, no. B F S. Bachelor of film studies. <laughs> I, mean, I narrowed why, my why, shit down. Why wouldn't you just be a bachelor of fucking shit? Like <laughs> Bachelor of fucking shit up. Yeah, that's me. Um, Come at me. I'll tell you about prime lenses. Speaking of fucked up shit, Kevin. That actually might be a pretty good segue. Uh, yeah, we have a topic for this uh, Spooktober episode. We do. Uh, and to give everyone a glimpse behind the curtain, to pull it aside and reveal what horrors uh, are beneath, uh, we had a discussion on whether or not this is actually <laughs> horror-related. Well, yeah, and we decided that if the concept is in horror, it should be presented as a horror topic. We decided that it's uh, it's the beginning of Spooktober, and we can kind of lean in. We can kind of you know ease into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. get ready for a gore fest because we're talking about Tokyo Gore Police. Mm, Tokyo Gore Police. Now, Jeremy, what do you know about Tokyo Gore Police? Well, I know that the main character is a female police officer who has a samurai sword. She does get a samurai sword at one point, yes. Yep. Uh, I know that her main enemy are people called engineers. Yes. And I know that when they get injured, uh, their injury morphs into some sort of weapon or deformity. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good way of looking at it. Um, it's not always <laughs> normal what it becomes, but you know, it just becomes something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that apparently it's some sort of like virus or disease that al- that gives them that ability. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it's very, maybe unclear is the term to use. It's very fluid in what it is. They do describe it as a virus, um, but specifically the main character sort of like gets affected by the, by the, the, the main villain, the key man, like using a, like using a key to like unlock her arm. Okay. And, like, it pops open and then she's infected. Look, there's a lot that goes on in this. <laughs> I watched this a decade ago on YouTube. Well, and it was grainy. We don't have to get into everything because really what we're just talking about is the way that injuries morph into other things. Yeah, we're going to try to do injuries becoming stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is a world where injuries become shit. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess let's to sort of inform the audience about the wheelhouse we're working in in terms of what things can turn into. Let's talk about a few of the uh, injuries that turn into things in Tokyo Gore Police. All right, let's let's start with some of the more normal. Sure, ones, sure. You I you, you say some of the normal ones, and I'll take notes, Kevin. I said some of the more normal ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you start with those ones, and I'll take notes. Okay. Uh, huh? There's like getting um, like arms chopped off and becoming just blades. Okay, okay. So like bone blades or like metal blades? No, metal blades. Okay, okay. Blades. Um, there is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of like getting like you know like arms or hands or things cut off and then become becoming guns or blades or like those are all the normal ones. Okay, okay. So so basically, your standard weaponry. Standard weaponry. Uh, yeah. There. <laughs> there then evolves into um, like you know getting an arm chopped off and it becoming like a s- weird snake head. Like weird, like like it, a venomous venomous snake, no, or just like, like an, a a fangy snake, no, like an alien snake head with like razor sharp claws. Uh, okay, yep. <laughs> so like uh, uh, a a T from D anD D. Sure, okay. sure. Like yeah. I mean, I say snake because it just it just has a muzzle, but like it's okay. It's like an alien head, but it has claws. Um, at one point, um, someone shot in the eye, and they get, like, a cybernetic eye in its place. Okay, okay, so we're talking sometimes future tech. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get a Kano laser eye. Yeah, yeah, like bio-future tech. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a woman who is cut in half, and her lower half becomes a crocodile. Okay, so uh, we've got predatory animal transformation, sort of. Yep. And what, by you mean, like, bottom half is a crocodile. Crocodile mouth. Like oh, just head. the mouth. So, like, each leg is a piece of the mouth? Um, <laughs> yes. Let's go with that. Okay. Not, not like, two tiny dangly arms and then, like, a crocodile mouth No, just, well. just, yeah, like, cut in half, and now the lower half, it's like a, like, uh, a lizard mouth, essentially. Okay. okay. Uh, so, we're, we're getting, like, animal changes? Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone becomes a snail. Like, just entirely? Maybe. Um, <laughs> once again, a lot of this is based off memories. I, there's a, there's some sort of penis monster at some point. Well, I uh, mean, it's it's a gore film, so that makes sense. Yeah, uh, there is, uh, there's a guy who literally is, you know, shot in the dick, and then his dick becomes a cannon. Okay, but that's standard weaponry. Um, ooh, I mean, <laughs> unless it's like a laser cannon. No, I mean it's just a biological cannon. Okay. Like it, it looks like a. Let's be clear. It looks like a giant penis. It's a giant yeah. penis. Yeah, yeah. It's but it, but it shoots penis. stuff, right? Yes, yeah, it does. Does it uh, shoot sperm though? No, no, just just really big bullets. Um, there's a guy who has the top <laughs> of his head cut off, and it becomes like a weird, like like brain with cannon eyes. But these are like metal cannon eyes. Okay. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> what I'm getting from this, Kevin, is that one. You got your standard weaponry transformations. Yep. Two, you've got your dangerous animalistic transformations. Yeah. And three, you've got your like gorish, uh, like Freudian transformations. Yeah. I mean, it's all pretty gorish. Yeah. Okay. Well, take the gorish out and just say Freudian transformations. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
it's a it's it, it's hard it's hard to narrow down what the move like what the themes are because it really does seem like it was just made to just be like oh it's whatever we you know want it to be it was whatever we want so to I, happen in this moment i think i think then the rule is kevin that the transformation is whatever would be most appropriate for a b movie <laughs> i mean yes a hundred percent that's exactly what it is <laughs> like okay it's 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 not going to be simple things yeah, yeah, but, but but we can work with that because now all we have to do is provide context to, for the sort of things that could happen. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, is there anything else we need to go over about this ability? Because I think we can leave Tokyo Gore Police behind if that's everything. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think at this point, like, we just have to go with the idea of the injuries. You know, becoming okay. we. I, I think the best way to describe it is biomechanical. Okay. Um, now here is my next question for you, Kevin. Sure. Because they're biomechanical, do they not happen until the things that like guns and 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 swords and stuff exist? When when does this come into existence? Because I think this is one of the few times where it doesn't need to be from the beginning of time. Yeah. Well. I think so. It is obviously some form of virus that creates these engineers. I think the idea might be is that whatever your body becomes, like it, it makes sense that this might be somewhat mental in the way that, like, it will become a weapon that you can recognize and use, presumably. Yeah, yeah. So, do we? Does it come in? Still in like the ancient world, or is this a more modern thing? You no, think? I think I think the idea is that if it comes in the ancient world, the things you are going to be getting are rocks. <laughs> no, I mean sharpened rocks, sharpened rocks. I a lot of animal stuff, probably. Yeah, a lot of animal things. Um, and then yeah. eventually, you know, it might become swords, or you get yeah. like a like you know ballista dick, uh, or. Like as Ugh. as things go along, you're I gonna mean, get Ballista more. Ballista Dick is a great name for like a, a Chuck Tingle <laughs> <laughs> romance novel. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, uh and then like as it gets further along, as more weaponry gets in, you get like, you know, a flintlock finger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may maybe maybe you'll you know, a pirate get his hand cut off and he'll literally just get a hook. I mean, probably, but it'd probably be a scythe, not a hook. Well, it could also be a hook. Why would it be That's, a scythe? Because a hook is a tool meant to be useful. Like, the reason why people had hooks is because you could grab things with a hook. But these are specifically, like, aggressive transformations. <laughs> so a scythe is, like, a more aggressive version of a hook. I guess <laughs> a sickle. A sickle, then. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, a sickle. I still like yeah. to do this. I went. I mean, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> it just means it's a hook with a bladed inside or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, still a hook. <laughs> still a pirate. That means he's still a pirate. Still a pirate. Still a pirate. Because the hook is what makes him a pirate. Um, <laughs> hey, still a pirate. <laughs> hey, can only do one finger. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, eventually guns will come in, and then you can get like you know. Okay, okay, so what I'm getting from this is that maybe it hasn't existed from the beginning of time, but really it can exist in any era. Yeah, I think I think this once this virus, you know, 
comes into play. Yeah. And I wish, I wish I remembered more how the virus is immediately transmitted. All I know is that there is a guy who specifically makes the virus. I mean, I think we can just say at this point that everyone is infected with the virus. Sure. You know what? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have to worry about transmission that way. <laughs> I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing that pops into my mind that I have to ask you, Kevin, when a new baby comes out of a pregnant woman, yeah, are any of the deformities passed on? No. Okay, so each baby is a perfectly normal human baby. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't that be it? I just want to clarify because if it wasn't, we were going to go down a whole chimeric like (laughs) – No, because these are based off of – Rock slide into nothing. (laughs) No, because they're based off of injuries. Yeah. 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 Um, Cool. Cool? Cool is cool the words you want to use? Yes, think- it's cool that the babies are normal. It's cool, it's cool <laughs> that the babies don't come out uh, with, uh, you know, Glock Guns. arms. Yeah, no, no, no Uzi babies. I mean, the important thing to remember is that these things don't come back. <laughs> yeah, like they, they don't. Like, no, you're you're stuck with the, your sword arm. Like yeah. you're you're stuck with it. Yeah, it's just it's that's that's just what it is. There, it it doesn't. I mean, it does kind of heal you in a way. Yeah, that's, uh, what I was saying, thinking was, uh, was that, um, you know, people who get severe injuries, kind of get something in return. Yeah, it's not you know, always great. No, <laughs> but like if you lose an arm, you're not going to bleed out. Yes, it will. It would be essentially replaced with something. Yeah, it might not be super great. I mean, it would not be great to have a sword arm. A sword arm is not very useful in day-to-day life. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, maybe you make it useful or maybe you're just something you're living with. You're just, you're just that – you're the guy with the sword arm. Yeah. Um, I think some of the smaller uh, – like, like, like let's imagine you were just – you know, you, you're doing some paperwork and you cut your finger on a paper like, ah, oh, man. And then just like across that, that little finger, like a little tiny sword, like blade comes out. <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, now I just have a knife on my finger. No, now I have serrated fingers. And then, then you're more likely to cut yourself. Yeah. yeah that's that's true. More. <laughs> yeah. Just like constantly taping over your serrated finger. The, um, the one thing the movie does not do well, because obviously it is an action splatter film, is because yeah. like is what our small injuries dealt with. Because when you get an injury in this film, it is something that just spurts blood and huge. and Yeah. Arterial spray everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, people get injured in many minor ways. I think I, wait, I guess the the, I guess the question is, Kevin, then, yeah. is that because of the virus, is each injury like arterial spray worthy? <laughs> no, because that is a different like function of the film. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's a different topic. That's more of a trope than it yeah. is a yeah. Because because that appears in other it's it's that appears in other films and the, and the yep. these people with the arterial spray they're not just engineers. Okay, like gotcha. if someone who's a non-engineer gets killed in this film, they still spray out blood everywhere. <laughs> All right, so it's not virus specific then. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. a normal thing that people do. Yeah, this is a perfectly um, normal thing. In fact, you know what? I think if that's the way like a paper cut would work, people would be like. 
oh, this finger is now useless and just like chop off the finger to like <laughs> get something that would be a little less like <laughs> inconvenient in their life. I mean, maybe it may, maybe you want that. Thing. Maybe, maybe well, keep in mind at one point she has an eye blown off and it becomes a cybernetic, like cool eye. I don't think it shoots any lasers. I think she just gets a cybernetic eye. Okay. Um, meanwhile, another guy who gets like the top of his head blown off gets his like brain and two like like when I say cannons, I mean like Blastoise style like <laughs> pipe cannons. Yeah, yeah. As for eyes, so um, it seems like you can also get an injury that is just replaced with a replacement. So, I, I I have a question. Yeah. So because of the way that these injuries morph into things, yeah. does it make people kind of immortal? No, you could still be killed. It's, I guess, yeah, you could still have organ failure. Well, <laughs> you can also just still just be chopped apart enough that you die. Okay. Jeremy, yeah. once again, it is not clear. Well, no, well, no we, we have to make decisions, though, right? I know. We're building the world based on this idea, so I'm, I'm asking for clarification well, so that I, we can set the boundaries. I understand, and I'm telling you, in the original source material that we're bringing this from there's a woman cut in half by a chainsaw and her bottom half becomes a crocodile later another per- another engineer is cut in half with a cu- with just cut in half again and that time he dies like it's not did he already have a transformation yes maybe that's it maybe you only get one no because the main character gets an arm cut off that becomes an alien-like head, then gets shot in the head and be- gets a cybernetic eye. The it's 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 not clear because the film clearly doesn't care about that, which is yeah. fine as a film thing. Um, but <laughs> it's it's not something so that we. I, should I go guess. Off I of. guess. I guess. Then instead of going off, of, we need to set our own limit. I think I think really what it would come down to um is I guess is it appropriate in a B movie? <laughs> well, I know I I think what it really comes to, I think the reason why people aren't just like, you know, being like, "All oh, right, yeah, now I'll cut off some arms and do the do these things." Is I think it's just a very big chance, but you could also potentially just be killed too fast. Like I think that's the idea is that if if you are instantly killed, you don't come back. You have to be yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah. So so if you were like, uh, if somebody took a sword, Kevin, yeah, and stabbed you in the collarbone, yeah, you would get a transformation from that. Yeah, you, you get a sweet robotic biomechanical collarbone. Yeah, but if they were you know a couple inches lower and stabbed you right through the heart, you're just dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which is interesting to note that it, oh you know what it must be blood related because that one guy gets like top of head kind of cut off i think yeah. that's happens to him i just remember the image of someone with the guy like an exposed brain and the the blastoise cannons coming out of the eyes <laughs> so which means that even though he may be brain dead because his head brain was destroyed his heart was still pumping for just a second all it needs is a second yeah which means that it's all about destruction of the heart okay heart shots blood because it's blood you need the blood to still be pumping to create a new thing there Okay, cool. That's a great answer for us to to work with. Which means no, headshots, like ah, uh, who cares? <laughs> they'll just get a, they'll get a weird head, but you know, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have a head. <laughs> They're still still there. Yeah, <laughs> seems fair. Seems fair. Seems good. Seems good. Seems good. I think um, it's good to me. <laughs> 
So I guess I guess what that means then is that people very rarely lose limbs in the same way. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think people lose limbs at the same rate. They just get new limbs. Yeah, they just get new limbs back. Yeah, but, right. Do you think – I think the biggest change this has is that basically you cannot assume everybody has a working hand in this world. I mean, yes, that's true. I mean, and, and you don't even know – I mean, even if they have a working hand, you don't know what kind of hand it is. Yeah, you, you have no idea what sort of appendage it could be. Yeah, like, you know, you someone could just have that weird alien mouth hand. Yeah. And you know what? I th- I think this world war becomes an atrocity sooner <laughs> than it did in our history. Well, how do well the things like the stuff is weird because we are oh that's not what a human body should do. But in a world well, where I, that- I, ju- I I think the reason why it becomes an atrocity atrocity Kevin is because you know in a peaceful time everyone's just like a normal human maybe they get a few small weird things like a serrated finger mm-hmm. or whatever over the course of their life um but when a war happens all of a sudden you have a huge swath of the population that has uh abnormalities in how they behave which means all of your architecture all of your design has to change so it's it's a much bigger burden um earlier on uh, than it would be in our world, I think, in terms of a, a societal uh, but I don't uh, think that's, need. I don't think that's necessarily going to be that different from our world. Like in 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 a way, because the thing is that for a long time wars just straight up killed people, and then uh, well, there the was... reason why a lot of wars straight up killed people though is because they would bleed out and their injuries would get infected. Well, yes, obviously. Um, but what I'm trying to get towards is the uh, is that. We still in our world have all this stuff that needs to be um, accessible for people. It's just the accessibility changes in a well, way. Well, it's, it's broader and I think it's more common, Kevin, because you don't have infection or bleeding out. I think there's more of them coming back. Which which bring, which bring I think brings to me to, to mind the fact that it will become more normal. Like once again, we think – Oh, the, the person has a sword hand, and this person has this thing, and this thing is really weird because it's not how our bodies work. In this, this no, world, I, I I agree that people will look at those things and treat those things in a more normal behavior. Yeah, like like cause, because it's it's not even like you know we're seeing this these people who are like this, you know, in just the last hundred years. It's for the entirety of our history. Yeah, that yeah. that that you know, you get injuries, you get a cannon arm. Yeah, yeah, but you get I think a Gatlin all, dick. I I think also, Kevin, uh, people are going to acknowledge that those things, like having a snake arm, is not that useful. <laughs> well, yes, but but I but what, can't can't do finger guns with a snake arm, Kevin. I mean, I agree. You could do snake guns. <laughs> well, you could do snake gun finger gun. <laughs> guns uh i just don't i just don't know what you think this would what the big change you think this would be well it's it's the reason why war became an atrocity at the in world war one right the reason why it became is because a lot of people came back from the war not only having witnessed like horrors that have never happened before but also they came back you know, missing a leg, missing an eye, 
you know, unable basically to perform uh, normal day-to-day tasks uh, because of how brutal the violence was. So the the people coming back, Kevin, while they're not um, as, I guess, uh, they're not as damaged as the people in our World War I were because they got a replacement immediately, mm-hmm. um, you know, those things still like – Okay, this person now has an arm without any articulation. He just sticks out for like three feet is a sword. Like he can't bend it. Um, you know, you have stuff like that and it be- it becomes a societal burden just like World War uh, One did. But I think it happens earlier because, like I said, people aren't dying to infection and bleeding out. So – but what is your what – what, what ch- so earlier on – in human history, it becomes abundantly clear to, to I, I guess, the, because people are surviving more of battles. Yeah, yeah. Be, because, because basically people are surviving more. The horrors of war become clearer, faster to the general public. And what do you think that would change? I, I, I think that means that we get less war and more diplomacy. I I because don't. even even if even if you win the war, you're left with a cost. Well, yes, but the cost is not as great as a whole bunch of dead people, I think. I mean, I'm not saying war is eliminated, Kevin. I'm just saying people are going to be more strategic. It's not just going to be like, I guess we go fight a war now. That's the way it was for hundreds and like for thousands of years. Yeah, but by the same token, the people who fight more wars have more people who literally body designed to fight wars. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a slippery slope. Like, there, like, hey? like, this, <laughs> like in in our world, someone you know, let's say, loses an arm, then their ability to hold and fire a gun or or even back if they survived way back then getting an arm shot off, they can there's only a sword arm. Now it's literally a sword arm. And is pick <laughs> yourself up, get back in the war. Cause now you have a cannon, you know, coming out of your back because you are Blastoise. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess it's kind of a slippery slope. Like I guess, I guess it, it either goes it either goes the way I'm saying, or it devolves basically into a thing where it's like, well, you got injured, so now all you can do is fight in wars. <laughs> well it's well, Wait, are we getting corporate mercenary companies earlier then? I mean, possibly. The, it, it, the, I, I don't know if, the, if corporate mercenary versus just mercenary for, or not mercenary, but like work for the land would necessarily be changed by if people are living weapons. I guess maybe, the, we, maybe there'd be like more coups and stuff. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess the idea would be because mercenaries were big in uh, uh, in Greece because it's just it's tough to have a standing army for uh, Rome, Greece and Rome, um, yeah. Because it's tough to have a standing army for some place that big. Uh, <laughs> there's some people who got really pissed once I just conflated Greece and Rome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people that did. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the, like a lot of mercenaries there. So I guess the idea being that if you that you know you're in a, you're in an army, you get injured, you become very you become weaponized effectively, yeah, and then you know wars and you're like oh well I'm really good at doing this thing because of the the stuff <laughs> I have so yep guess yep. I'll go off and find other places to fight. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's true. You just become like a mercenary, which means you have a higher population of people who fight and do wars. So I guess there's more wars, probably more wars. <laughs> I yeah, honestly, I think in a world like yeah. you know, well because you, you, the the body costs like yeah, there's some things where it's there was like, oh, you know, the the um I guess accessibility is a little bit different. Like think of it this way, we would we would progress differently because you cannot assume that everybody has like the same, you know, appendages or yeah. anything like that. You the you no know more of those circle handles. They all have to be levers. <laughs> yeah, they all have to be levers. They all have to be levers. And, and like or th- or push 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 doors. Yep. Everything's ramps because you don't know if someone's got some alligator bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think it might be at the point where we get more accessibility, but also more absolute war. Yeah. Yeah. Because every because the longer you fight, the more people you have who are good at fighting. Well, the accessibility becomes absolutely necessary because if nothing's accessible except for fighting, it just gets more and more wars everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's take a break from this warring hellscape and uh, go to commercial. <laughs> I think that seems fair. This week's episode of The Third Space is brought to you by the Escher Cube. Now, I know everyone out there is thinking, hey, I have a Rubik's Cube, but Jeremy, I got sent this thing in the mail. I got sent I one you- in the mail, too. Absolutely, by our, our, our wonderful sponsor. And I'll tell you, before I started using the Escher Cube, I don't think I understood how geometry worked, how the world worked, how anything worked. Because as soon as I touched it, I didn't understand how I was touching it. Yeah, and, and by uh, working through that not understanding, you know, I was able to see shapes that shouldn't exist in this world. Absolutely. I was... I was turning it and it was really it was really making my brain work as I try to get all those colors and sounds and tastes to line up. Yeah, get them all on the right side. And the more I turned it, the more the world spun around me. And then the next moment I was inside of it and then I was looking at myself from the outside. Yeah, and there were times when I was using it, when I knew you were using it, that I could feel you touching it. Yeah, and I, and I would experience my birth and my death and I would see the end of reality and I'd be like, hey, I finished a side. So broaden your perspective and get the Escher Cube. So there's lots of wars and also lots of ramps. <laughs> yeah, wars and ramps. Wars and ramps. Wars and ramps. Skateboards. Um, <laughs> but let's let's try to figure out what daily life would be because it wouldn't all be war hopefully well no what it what it basically becomes is is people are very very careful until they get injured and then they're not <laughs> well i i think i think really what it comes out is the thing to keep in mind is that the, the reasons to go to war will stay the same like the fact your body could become a weapon is not more of a reason to be like ah well guess i better go be no, a weapon people will still do it for land resources and power yeah i mean or religion and, and then yeah, and then in, in in normal life, you know, someone gets injured on a uh, you know on a, on a combine. They're a farmer. Yeah, and then they then you know they get some sort of weapon armor. But this doesn't mean they're going to be like, oh well, guess I better join the army. They just be like, ah, 
well, farming's going to be weird now that I have a Glock on my <laughs> Well, hand. again, it depends on the situation. Some people might be like, well, I guess I go do that now because I can't make a living doing what I used to do, right? I, I, I think <laughs> – if, if you are, Kevin – Yeah? If you are a scribe, for instance, and your hands get cut off, and now you've got two morning stars for hands, like what do you do? Jeremy, I clearly was referencing modern day – well, yeah, but we, th- we've said this is in every era. Well, I know it's in every era, but we've talked about the past era. Oh, I okay. You only want to talk? Like about- okay. Well, no, okay. We could, we could talk more about the past no, if you want to talk. It's okay. If, we could talk about do, the modern era. Do you want to live it. in the past? No, I don't. The past is shitty, know, dark, and horrible. We've been over this. We know <laughs> We know what the past is like. It's people going to war and then keep on going to war because their people just become weapons. And then the person who goes to war the most has the best army, presumably. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a limit, right? Yeah, the other thing is that people are going to train to hit other people's hearts because they know that that stops the transformations. Yeah. And then we're going to get better and better chest armor because let's be clear. The, the chest is actually easier to armor than the head. It's is. true. Yeah. Because you got a lot of You're things. You're right. Everybody's like, just going to be walking around with like metal breastplates. <laughs> well, I mean with just ballistic armor yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know. <laughs> don't, don't leave home without your bulletproof vest. Well, <laughs> I I don't think I'll get to that point <laughs> of of where it's like ah yes, just every day is war. You just have to be like oh you know you gotta be careful if if you got a sword arm, put a sheath over it. That's true. You know what? You're right. There are a bunch. There would be a bunch of clothing accessories to make sure that these transformations were not just openly swinging around killing people or yeah, or, or yeah, hurting absolutely. people. I mean, the, the things like we like we left getting a limb become a gun probably is actually one of the better ones, just because it will only fire when you want it to fire. Yeah, yeah. A, a sword cuts no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> a chainsaw. I guess you. I, mean, I guess you could dull the sword. Yeah. Do, I, I mean, have a question. Do, do the sword? Does the sword have nerves in it? Oh, how the. Fuck! Do you think I would know that, Jeremy? Well, no, well, we just have to make the decision, Kevin. No, okay, it's metal. Because then you could just file it down. <laughs> yes, you could, but maybe I want a sword just in case. That's fair. Then get a sheath. Honestly, yeah. Here's the thing: if I if I you know lost an arm and it was replaced by a sword, I would still want to be like occasionally. Maybe I want it to be a sword, <laughs> just in case. I I don't. Just I guess want you a- did lose an arm. Some you might want to have a sword just in case yeah, somebody I, tries to take the other arm. Well, <laughs> I think it's more more of like, well, I mean, I got a sword. Just at least let it be a sword, not not just a weirdly thin stick of metal on the arm. Yeah, but if it was just a stick of metal, Kevin, you can fit a prosthetic over it. <laughs> you could fit a prosthetic over a sword. I guess that's true. Then it pops off and it's a sword. <laughs> and, and people are like, ah, oh, he actually had a sword. It's, it's just, he didn't have a three-foot long arm. It's like a sword, it's like a sword cane, but, yeah, yeah. but a prosthetic, yeah. I don't know why everyone who has a prosthetic arm doesn't have a sword in their prosthetic arm. Uh, well, uh, go ask the war amps, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a question they want to be asked. Definitely. Uh, hey, War Amps, why aren't you better at war? Hey, War Amps, why didn't you replace your, your limbs with weapons? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think the thing that we were, I think, ignoring a little bit is the animalistic transformations. Because because I think in modern day society, 
Like if you get a snake head and it's a venomous snake, like you could sell the venom for okay. like to, for medicines. Jeremy, I I feel bad. I said snake hand. Like I I I I need you to take a moment here, and I just need you to search up Tokyo Gore Police Arm. I'm not. I'm not going to do a it. Snake. I'm not going to do it because I don't think it matters. Then I have to guarantee. Then I have to tell you, it is not a snake. That's that's fine. But we it, we it said looks, there's animalistic transformations, and at least one of them is an alligator head. Yeah. So I don't think it's that far out of, I guess, Jeremy, the wheelhouse that a arm could turn into. It's also not an alligator it. head. It's just me trying to describe to you what these things are. Yeah, I've seen the picture of the alligator thing, Kevin. It's it's not an alligator though, not really. It's it's literally a mouth. It's just a mouth. I I know. It's a muzzle mouth, but it's sort of shaped like an alligator. Yeah. I think I think we have of. to extrapolate from that that you can get sort of animalistic type changes. I I was just trying to figure out the snail girl. <laughs> Um, but no, the the arm in specifics kind of just looks like that mouth, but on an arm, and it's like red, and there's blades like around it, essentially. So would you say it's like what, like tumorous or something like that? Oh, they're all tumorous. They are all nothing looks cool. Everything looks gross. <laughs> but but that uh, is the, the re- rule. The reason why I bring that up, Kevin, is because. You know, if it is like extra mouths or something like those have uses. And I I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the wheelhouse of what we're talking about for someone to get poison as a weapon. Sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? People can people can shoot uh, bullets out of their arms. If they can make bullets, if they can make whatever the biomechanical dick cannon is. Then. Yeah. Then they can I make guess there's poison. They can there. make poison. Right. Okay. So I'm just, say, I'm just saying, like, there would be also, in, like, the modern world, new career opportunities. Because guess what? You can make a toxin. Well, guess we'll go research that toxin and see if we can use it to make an antidote, right? Like, Well, well I would say that, except for if there's anything about snakes, that would be an antidote to your toxin. Yeah. But, but, Which... but also, Kevin, uh, different, like, generally – if one poison is a paralytic poison, another poison that is per- a paralytic poison works in a similar way. Yeah, I, I, I guess if you, if, if you get something that poisons things, I feel really bad for saying snake. I think it really threw you off. <laughs> it really, it really made you picture a snake, and it's not a snake. Well, there's nothing snake-like about it, other than the fact that it's on an arm. It's a snake like how an arm's a snake. Well, Kevin, we're here, we're here now, so we, let's just work through it. So just work through it. <laughs> I'm I'm here for you. We can yes and our way through this. It's just there's like a there's like the I just I there's so much in this movie and I don't want it to to use all of it. Well, we don't have to. We just use the things we've already brought up, Kevin. I I'm. I'm trying – what I'm trying to do here, man, is I'm trying to be the person that you can turn to, that you can be like, hey, can this work? And I have to pull pull from memories and images and be like, here, yeah, here, Here's the thing. You don't, maybe. <laughs> you don't have to pull from those images. You could just be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we We follow <laughs> what we get given to a T. That is the rule. Yes, we, but we're taking a concept, Kevin. 
Remember, remember, <laughs> remember when we talked about Axiom Verge? Yeah. And the concept that you could inject somebody wirelessly. Yeah. <laughs> the concept is just when you get injured, it changes into some aggressive weaponized thing. Okay. That's it. So I you're guess making that it can... more complicated than it needs to be. Well, the thing the thing that like I think of is that to extrapolate this out, which is all that we do, is that if you're if you could like let's say lose an arm and it becomes something that is venomous, that means is the venom gland in the arm? Yeah, it would have to be. Okay. So like that that seems to imply that you could potentially just grow other organs in your parts. Yes, but remember, they have to be weaponized. <laughs> That, so you you could well, no they you, don't have to weaponize though because their cybernetic eyes not weaponized it just makes up for like not having an eye that's true that's true and when people and when people grow dicks out of their head which is a thing yep those aren't weapons I guess depending on your <laughs> definition uh, I mean it's certainly assaulting me um, <laughs> I I think Kevin yeah because you said everything is gross. Everything is gross. Everything is gross. So even if you get something that is, like, useful, like a biomechanical eye that you can see out of, you know, it still is a little gross. Oh, no, it's definitely gross. The – her bio bio eye is very gross. Yeah. So, like, if we extrapolate out of that, maybe you'll get a gross tumor arm. Yeah, but, that's pretty much what she gets. Yeah, so you might get a gross tumor arm, and maybe it's stronger <laughs> than a regular arm would be, because we don't well, I, we don't I, know what I it's def- made out. I definitely think it would be. Yeah, um, maybe you get a tentacle arm. Yeah, maybe you get a tentacle arm. Maybe yeah. maybe you're you're part octopus now. Um, that's a thing. Yeah, but th- the thing is, is a, getting a tentacle arm, I feel, is like one of the best outcomes. Oh no, that'd be pretty great. Honestly, a tentacle arm is a real is a real step up from our dumb human arms. Well, I mean, it's articulate. You can grab things with it. <laughs> it's articulate. It can speak very well. No, you know what I meant by articulate. <laughs> it articulates. How about that? Yeah, that's better. You're pedant. <laughs> Means the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm done helping you out of your spiral. Just spiral away, Kevin. No, I, I'm I'll helping you out of your no, spiral. No, you're in the spiral. You're in the spiral. <laughs> You're in denial. <laughs> I object. Um. <laughs> okay. So obviously the uh, – even like the medical system would not really be dealing with a lot of cuts. In fact, it might be to the point where if you have like let's say a mangled arm, they're just like, oh, just cut it off. It's just better to cut it off. Yeah, because 100%. Because I, I, I think the, the one of the core things has to be is that they are cuts. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. If you're if you're just punched, you don't grow something out of yeah. the bruise. No, if it's crushed, then no. Yeah, it needs it needs to. Well, I mean, really, what it comes down to it, it needs to break the skin. Yeah. So you can crush and have the skin be broken, but yeah, it needs to break the skin. Yeah. Okay, that that does help clarify a lot of things, I think, because then medical, yeah, medical would be based around more. Just, just cut it off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, amputation would be a go-to for a lot of things. Yeah, it's not clear in there that if you lose the um, weapon arm, if it then once again grows back again. Well, I mean, I think if we use the example of, like, let's say your hand gets cut off. 
Yeah. And in its place, like a knife blade is there now, like okay. a big old Bowie knife blade. Yeah. But, you know, if it, you get cut again at like the forearm, <laughs> you know, uh, something new would grow. Okay. So, I, I think. So, if, I mean, eventually it'll just get too close to the heart. Yeah, eventually. Everything just goes back to heart-wise. Yeah, right. Like the thing is, is if, if an organic piece of you gets cut off, then it's going to happen again. It's gonna, it'll happen again. It'll happen again. Happen again. It, it'll happen again. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I think Kevin. Yeah. I think that somewhere in this world, as a punitive like punishment thing, maybe for criminals or something, you get like pieces of you cut off. That would be terrible it idea. W- it would be, but I bet people would do it. No, no, no. It would be a terrible idea because imagine this: like, ah, you criminal. Uh, you are you have been uh, get deemed guilty on this charge. So what we'll do is we will cut off your hand, and now you have a gun. <laughs> like it's it's literally punishing someone by giving them something to get back at you with. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> it, it's it, it's the way all those revenge films work. Like where they where, you know it's like oh you just you just made them angry. It's like ah oh, you just gave literally gave them a weapon. <laughs> you just gave that person a bio laser. Just give them a bio laser. No, you. The the things that punishments would not be physical punishments either, because it just proves to make them. If you're whipping someone, you're splitting backs, and then all of a sudden they get the blastoise cannons coming out of their back. Like yeah, or they get want, like razor sharp spines. Yeah, like like we we'd have a different relationship with the idea of injury as punishment. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, would. it still hurts. Yeah. But you, but you do really. <laughs> I guess they they would just like phone book people. Yeah, you don't want to break the skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would. Pho- they're just the phone books were specifically made just for that purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In this world, there are no yellow pages. There's the red pages, and they make them red so, <laughs> <laughs> so they don't show the blood. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this, the same thing where it's like you're not gonna get like a guillotine. <laughs> No, no, no. It would it would be like uh, a, a pike straight through the heart. Yeah, you just stab everyone. People just be stabbed in the heart. A lot yeah. of heart stabs. Yeah. A lot of heart-based injuries, really, lot, when it comes down of, to it. Um, here's a question, Kevin. Yeah? If, let's say, uh, you know, I'm in a war mm-hmm. and I get speared uh, through okay. the shoulder. Yes. The... Change doesn't happen until that spear's out of the wound, right? Presumably, yeah. So that still means Vlad the Impaler could do his thing. (laughs) I know you're worried about that. I was very worried about it. I know you're very worried. Could (laughs) Vlad the Impaler still do his thing? Are we going to lose that important part of world history? Are we going to lose that important part of our history? Can Vlad the Impaler? Because without him, there's no no Dracula. Yeah, and and what would the world be without Draculas, Kevin? (laughs) I mean, that is a different topic. We, we we'll do a topic where it's like, what if what if Vlad the Impaler couldn't do his thing? No Draculas. End of podcast. No Draculas. <laughs> no, no Draculas. End the podcast. End the pod. End the pod. Nothing yeah. there. Nothing. Nothing to go on. Ever, nothing to see here. Everybody, move on. Um, but it does bring up the idea of um, leaving something in a wound. Because I guess if something is left in the wound, it could still get infected. Yeah, I suppose so. So the so uh, you could 
potentially as I can't believe we just got into punishments. Um, you you could essentially stab someone and then seal that in the wound. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. Just as long as you keep it in there, then it's fine. Um, though, I mean, the thing is, the, the reason why bullets, for example, don't necessarily have to leave, I think, is because they do so much tearing going in. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. nothing uh, – a bullet doesn't block blood from leaving. But an arrow, while you might bleed from an arrow wound, if the arrow is still in it, you'll bleed less. Yeah. And it, and it, it, it I mean, the, 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 obviously the injury growth has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Some something ha- has to be <laughs> pushed out of it. Yeah. Do you think this might be how like th- some weapons all just get invented? Because I do like uh, the I, idea. I think, like you said, or really early in this podcast, yeah, that that you have to be able to conceivably use it as a weapon. Well, so I I, I, I think Kevin, absolutely, yeah. this is how some weapons get invented. But well, I, I I don't think you're getting a gun in an age where there are like swords and spears. As, as like the peak weapons. Well, let me let me give you this though. I think a lot of this might be a mental thing for the idea of you know it gives you what what kind of like what you want what you are like the, like the guy who gets the um, dick cannon. I mean, obviously he gets shot in the dick, but like he but even before that he was very much like a pervert guy. Like that's what he was supposed to be. So it could be that you know if well, you're it's, it's whatever is appropriate in a B movie. Like Kevin. yeah, well, so, <laughs> so, so what? What I was think, what I was thinking, what potentially could be, is that if you're someone who has the idea for, I mean, let's just say like a gun, and like you have the idea for it, and you and you're like, oh, what? What was? What if it was something that you know here's, could do this, could shoot the, like this? Here's, here's the thing, Kevin. I don't yeah. think we would get guns that shoot bullets. I think much more likely is we're gonna get like things that shoot fire and lightning. What? <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> well, th- think about it. If th- there are people who believe in ancient Greece that Zeus could shoot lightning. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe they're doing a they're fighting a war in the name of Zeus and or they're doing a duel in the name of Zeus and their arm gets cut off and like they're like, "Yeah, lightning's fucking awesome." It's a whatever's appropriate in a B movie. If this person is a zealot for Zeus, I think there's a pretty good chance that now he, he has a lightning gun. Well, I would say, but whatever has to be built, because once again, we're going sci-fi, not fantasy here. Yeah, yeah. Um, means that it's, it does have to, in a way, functionally work. You're not going to get like a magic arm. What you you would get, you could get some sort of like gun, like like a gun that shoots lightning is not a thing, really. No, but you could get an electric eel arm. <laughs> Like a yes. tumorous, like like electrical arm. Yeah, I I I think you definitely get like a taser arm effectively. Yeah, yeah, I think that would happen. Yeah, and maybe it looks like electrical eel. Maybe it looks like literally like two electrodes. Yeah, like you go, like you like you constantly have the devil horns up. It's like <laughs> just const constantly Tesla coiling your devil arms. Yeah, absolutely. And then you you know you stick it in someone, shock them. Yeah. I mean, the, weirdly enough, the flamethrower I'll give you more of because the flamethrower is something that is like a collection of chemicals. So if your body can create venom, obviously you can create a collection of chemicals that can be sprayed out like a flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. I also think going off of that, the idea of like actual weaponry that is good, like to kill someone is flame because 
it cauterizes. It, yeah. it cauterizes, yeah. yeah. So you'll want to burn people, essentially. A lot more burnings going on. It sounds horrible. Yep. But you want to burn people or electrify them. Or stab them in the heart. Or stab them in the heart. Or scare, be, or scare them so bad they have a heart attack. Here, I've given you this hamburger. It has 12 patties. <laughs> We're in the middle of a war. Now I know. eat it. <laughs> Look... Look, I understand that our countries are in uh, in the middle of a great hundred-year war, but uh, I'll eat that hamburger. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with eating this hamburger in the middle of this battlefield. Mm, your cholesterol is rising, according to my plan. <laughs> then he fish the hamburger like, oh, I am full. <laughs> I guess thank you. Now, we will run two miles. No... Or else, I don't think I will. I'll poke you with this stick. I mean, you probably do that anyway. We are fighting. Uh, but I got see who outwitted me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go home and lie down, though. Yes, so I guess he won. Fall, fall asleep, and I am the victor. <laughs> this, this is a win for me. <laughs> he falls asleep, gets stabbed in the heart. Um, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're near the end here, Kevin. Is there anything else that you feel we really need to bring up? Well, so we we brought up the fact that like, obviously the medical system will be very different. We're not really going to see a lot of the amputee stuff, but there'd be a lot more accessibility because you <laughs> because, cannot assume. <laughs> well, it's literally just cut it off. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like, uh, oh uh, you got a horrible thing happening down there? Ah, we'll just cut it off. It'll be fine. Well, well it's, it's just as you said – because the idea of people surviving grievous wounds is let's let's be clear honestly in the grand scheme of things a pretty recent idea is why there is in many ways a reluctance for accessibility yeah. because you know way back when all these houses were, like all like you know back in uh old britain when all you know there's all the crusades going on all these houses were being built and all these palaces like they weren't worried about you know people coming back and you know not being able to go upstairs or anything like that. But in this world, for as long as humans have been alive, you've been like, okay, this person has crocodile legs, yeah, and they are a great and honored warrior. Let's build them a ramp. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would actually help with crocodile legs. I mean, she crawls around like that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, what- I guess I guess the better thing would be like let's build her a sled. <laughs> So she can drag herself around better. Yeah, but you still need a ramp. You do need the ramp for the too. sled. Yeah, yeah, you need the sled and the ramp. Look, you can't deny the fact that her legs are are the top and bottom jaw of a crocodile creature. You, She's not it's walking. Undeni- it's undeniable. She she ain't walking. Yeah, but she is a great and mighty warrior. So build her a fucking ramp. So ramps, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, so you would get this thing that the world is more based around the idea of accommodation. Of, hey, you know, because even just little injuries and it's and it's like, oh, you know. Uh, I guess also just the idea of variability. Sure. Yeah. It, what do you mean variability? Well, just like when somebody's designing something, they have to think of multiple ways in which it could work. Yes, it would it would be something that's more ingrained in I think every society the idea of you of of 
of thinking the many the many different people who will use this. Yeah. I think that still goes back down to accessibility. Yeah, I agree, but I think even things that like fall outside the scope of accessibility in our world would be included in that in this world. Well, yeah, no, it's it it's the idea of everything is built around accessibility. Yeah. Like that that's that's the purpose of accessibility is that everything is built around it. Yeah. You 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 would you would even like get game games played the same way because you can't assume things. Yeah, you can't assume. I mean, video games like you have controllers. It makes an ass out of you when you get cut later. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) You're doing great. Then you got a paper cut on your finger, and now there's a tiny gun there. Tiny gun. Pew 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 pew. pew. (laughs) Um, if you like that episode, please leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening to our podcast. I do like that throughout this episode, we went from uh, super super weird gore to punishment to hey, this is a very accessible world. Uh, if you'd like uh, to tell Kevin how you'd like to be accessible, oh, or to him, uh, <laughs> bad sentence, um, you can tweet at him. Uh, he's at Strawman K. Weir. Yeah. You could also get Jeremy. He's at Mighty Fuse. Or you can get us together at Third Space Cast. You can also send us an email about me conflating Greek and Roman. <laughs> <laughs> you said that to uh, Jeremy Verkley at <laughs> gmail.com. <No! laughs> uh, I assume you do. Here's the thing. Jeremy does not have that email. I don't I know don't. who does have that email. Yeah, don't do that. It's not related to us at all. Um, but you can send uh, your hate mail to <laughs> thirdspacepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can also check out our web space. Our web space. <laughs> you can check out our web space. It's the 1990s, I guess. Check out our web space at uh, thirdspacepodcast.com. Uh, and our theme right. song is Balrog Boogie by the Iowa Swing Orchestra. Join us next week on The Third Space, where Kevin and I connect our phones to our best ghost friends. Uh, I was really hoping I would get someone cool like Tesla, but instead I just got Edison. Until then, you're a cool person who lives in a cool place. 